Who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against evildoers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. Psalm 94, verses 16 and 17. There's a great passage in Two Kings that sort of supports uh, exactly what the psalmist is saying. So I write, if we only, if we see only in earthly dimensions, we see very little. The Syrians are swarming around Jerusalem, and Isaiah and Aisha's servant, in panic, sees only doom. But the prophet prays for the servant to see fully, and he quote, saw the mountains were uh, the mountain was the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. Yeah, the psalmist here has been uh, complaining to the Lord that it feels like the wicked, whatever his source of enemy is at this point, is winning and. He's asking, where is God's justice in this? And he asks the rhetorical again, who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against evil doers? And the idea was that no human beings were there in a similar situation to uh, Elisha and his servant situation. It, it didn't seem like there was any human help that was present. But then the psalmist moves to these words, if the Lord had been not my help, my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. Uh, basically, uh, the reference here is to death. And so the psalmist points to the fact that in this world, it may seem that all of our human resources are at an end and there's no way out. Uh, but look to the Lord uh, for what appears to be our 11th hour is never his 11th hour. So, uh this passage plus the passage from two kings kind of uh, reminds me of how people look at this today and one of the great slams on the bible back in the 1920s uh, was this kind of literalism uh, that afflicted uh, um, many christians and they literally would just look at the whole biblical narrative as literal. In other words, they were draining out uh, the Holy Spirit. They were draining out the presence of God and the spiritual reality that is being talked about here. But what's really funny is this kind of literalism has migrated to uh, our very superior intellectual uh, uh, ruling class uh, people who condemn the uh, Bible for not possibly being real because it's not scientific. And so they are applying a different kind of literalism to interpreting the Bible. And they what they do is they mangle it. Yeah, and all of the scriptures come to us with a worldview underneath it that God is the starting point. And uh, we said it earlier uh, that your starting point sets out your logical path that you move on. There is no such thing as objective reality. We all come to our reality with subjectivity and starting points. And uh, we in contemporary society have intellectualized ourselves out of some of the deepest understandings that could be possible in this world. Uh, one of the, uh, one of the things when I was in graduate school, uh, I uh, 
I quit graduate school after getting a master's degree and after a year of PhD. And I said to myself, pursuing this form of knowledge uh, is a, an endless pursuit, and I'm not sure it's worth it to me. Uh, I also, though, then experienced uh, in the late 1980s a turn away from the literature of the contemporary Western world to the Bible. And it's funny. So in sort of the middle of life, I started at a, a basically a standstill starting point. But then I become engaged more and more with the biblical worldview, which includes spiritual warfare, the spiritual reality, the creation of the world and the presence of God. And it's been a, an amazing journey for me because it's changed the whole way I have viewed um, what it means to be a human being in this time. And it shows that um, we can have spiritual breakthroughs and our worldviews can be set in a way that is far more biblical if we will just cooperate with God.